So I was trying to figure out where to put in this message, which is a message that some of you have already heard. Depending on how many years you've been here, you've heard it a lot. Um, and next week we have uh, Rivka, who will be leading worship. Uh, Rivka's from Israel, dear friend of ours. And George, her husband, will be giving the Sukkot message. So I figured that this is the right week for the 10 R's. Now, if you don't know what the 10 R's are, could we have a few lights? I, I know it's daytime, but still. And if you could open up your announcements and you'll see an um, insert. And it should say at the top of the page, God's appointed times are a pattern for our daily walk with him. I think one of the greatest things that you and I can learn to do is to learn how to get closer to God. And this is what really revival is all about. And if you look at number 10 on this, and if you don't have it, raise your hands and we'll get you one of these. Because I'm going to be, I will, let me apologize to Facebook people. There is no PowerPoint. If you want a copy of what, we're, what we've handed out, you need to call our office on Tuesday and we'll email it to you. Because Karen said there, there's no office on tomorrow. I mean Monday, Monday. No, actually the Lord said it. We're just following his directions. Um, as it is the beginning of Sukkot. And we're not to do any regular work. So number 10 of this list, as you see, different things, I think, uh, are dealing with different parts of the holy days. Three on Rosh Hashanah, three on Yom Kippur, three on Sukkot. And the results of doing what we're going to talk about today, I want to start with the end. And that's the results. We are to be renewed refreshed, regenerated, restored, and our faith becomes relevant. You know, one of the things about our young people is that if they are going to model after us, they're going to have to see that our faith is relevant. It can't just be a belief. It has to look like something. And so if you are not modeling a relevant faith, they will also not probably come to a relevant faith. And what relevant means is that you use it in everything you do, that, that it, it is so relevant, it is so right, that, that your faith is constantly on display because it's so relevant. So I'd like to go through these and just say that, it, look, there are so many ways to do a quiet time and an early time with God each day. And I like to teach on that. And I have other things that if you've been around for a while, I've given out on how to have a, a time with the Lord. So this is just one of them. 
And my prayer is that you use what I'm giving out here. Try it for a week or two. See if it improves your time with God. Because that's really what I'm looking for, for us to get closer. Revival can be with one person, but, but it's so much nicer when it's in the congregation. Great revival. And revival is zeal for God. You are just walking in so hungry for God, you don't know what to do with yourself. So number one, we reflect. And this is something that is simple, but in this world, it's hard to reflect because it's so busy and noisy. And so a quiet time with God means that you are to have a time where you don't get interfered with. By the way, I, I say that, and, I'm, I, and we think of sometimes a prayer closet, but many of you know my prayer time is when I'm walking. And so I walk around the block uh, for an hour and, uh, and just really enjoy the Lord that way. And the time that I walk, generally, nobody else is around. And uh, so what happened today was interesting. Uh, I've had some back issues for the past few days, and um, I got up this morning, and, and even yesterday I went to the chiropractor, and today I woke up in the morning and I, I just felt my entire back clench, and I just felt the pain, and I said, and, and it was worse this morning than it has been in the past few days. I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be loyal to you. I'm just going to get up, and I'm going to try and walk. So I tried to walk, and at the end of the hour, I had no pain. Um, I'm just telling you, God, God did something amazing. Um, and, and I also should mention, because I, uh, many, some of you are relatively new and don't know my situation. My wife was operated on 15 weeks ago, and she still can't stand and walk, and now I'm her caregiver. So if you don't see me at the end of the service, you know where I've gone back home. And I don't want you to feel that I don't want to meet you. In fact, just the opposite. I'd like to meet the new people and really get to know you. But um, so at any rate, all this to say that it's a very physical job to take care of her, and which is probably why my back's been hurting. But I, I did that this morning, and I can tell you that my back feels a little tired, but it doesn't hurt. And, and that really is a blessing from God. You know, I, again, this isn't quite on the message, but one of the things that I've noticed is that once you have a pain and the pain is gone, I just find myself thanking God. And so there I was dressing, getting ready for the service today, just thanking God. Thank you that the pain's out of my back. Thank you that the pain's out of my foot. Thank you that, I, you know, and I just, it, it, it just, a quiet time with God just leads you into place, in a place of gratitude. 
So you start out with quiet introspection. Psalm 4, 5 says, tremble, but do not sin. Search your heart while you're on your bed and be silent. I think being silent is really important because God wants to tell us things. And people often ask, well, how do you hear God's voice? And the first step is to be quiet (laughs) so that you can hear his voice. And God's going to speak to you, maybe not in an audible voice, but he's going to give you certain impressions that you wouldn't normally have otherwise. And if you're praying for God to speak to you, then that's it. Don't go any further and look for other things. God is speaking to you. Psalm 119, 13 through 15, uh, with my lips I rehearse all the rulings of your mouth. I love that. Uh, Rehearse. You know, anytime we want to get good at something, we have to rehearse it. We have to do it over and over and over again. And so we are not only rehearsing the rulings of God's word, because we also want to meditate on his word. That's another part of quiet introspection. You take a piece of scripture and you just think, allow it to come to your mind and meditate on it, think about it, see what God is trying to tell you through that scripture. 1 Corinthians 11.28 talks, it's, that's the scripture that has to do with the Lord's Supper, and it talks about examining yourself. And here we are uh, at this season of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and we need to examine ourselves. It's so easy to look at our spouse or our kids or, or, or friends and say, you know, they're just not acting right. But really, God wants us to look at ourselves, So number two, we should recognize our sins, and that's going to take a lot of humility because there's some sins we might recognize, but sometimes we have to go deeper than that, and that takes a lot of humility. Humility meaning that we have to prefer God, prefer people to ourselves, prefer uh, God's ways and so on. And... um, We see in Proverbs 8.13, to fear Adonai is to hate evil. Um, God wants us to fear him. We talked about this last week. Um, When we fear God, it, it puts us in a place where we see things from his point of view. I loved how Billy talked about in liturgy, uh, trying to sense what God was looking at when we were doing the liturgy. And, and that's what I think we should do in many areas because he hates evil. And, and so we need to get his sense about some of these sins because not only are they sins where we do things wrong, that, but some of these sins are hard to identify, and especially if your sin is pride, um, that is hard to admit because that's what pride's all about. It's all about you. And um, so humility brings us a, a transparency. And so um, Proverbs 13.10, arrogance yields nothing but strife. Wisdom belongs to those who take advice. 
Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And if you were here for Yom Kippur, uh, I believe in the Nila service, I read Galatians 5, 19 to 21, because this list of sins generally has at least one or two, if not more, that, that we do. And so it says the deeds of the flesh are clear, sexual immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. So that actually God has a much longer list, obviously, because it's like these, so there are many other things. Once we recognize their sins, the the next thing to do is repent. Now, I believe that you can do this as your quiet time. You reflect, you recognize, now you're up to repenting. And you're, you're saying, Lord, I'm turning back to you. I don't want this sin in my life. I'm gonna change it with your strength, with your power, with your help. Psalm 713, if he does not relent or repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. Uh, This is a scripture, as I mentioned last night when I talked about this, that I've spent a lot of time in. Uh, There's a lot of people, or most people, who think this is what about God, but I don't. I think this is about us, and if we do not repent, we will sharpen our sword. In other words, if we don't have a spirit of repentance, we will be offensively minded. We will hurt people. We will sharpen our sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. In other words, we're ready to enter into the fight if we are not having a repentant attitude. We can talk about that scripture some other time. Acts 2.38 and Acts 3.19 and 20 both talk about repenting. One, to be immersed in, in the name of Messiah Yeshua for the removal of your sins. And then the next one, so your sins might be blotted out. So times of relief, or the NASB says refreshing. And I love the word refreshing. Might come from the presence of Adonai. So we see that repentance is extremely important. And um, one of the things that leads to repentance is confessing our sins. So 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So this needs to be, I believe, part of our daily quiet time. If you are in a spirit of repentance, then when you see the first person you see uh, after in, in the middle of the day or sometime, and they are irritating you, and you'd really like to tell them off, you won't because there's a spirit of repentance on you and you understand that what god has allowed you to do you're going to allow other people to do even if they don't repent but you're you're walking in that spirit of forgiveness because of your repentant attitude 
you realize who God is and you're, you're, you're fearful of God and, and what he wants, how he wants you to behave as opposed to how you would like to behave. And it's not even that we'd like to be rude to people. It's just something we think they deserve. Right? That's what we always say. You don't know what he did. It starts on the playground. <laughs> starts on the playground. Teacher, teacher, you know what Johnny did? And, and then it gets more adult-like. Do you realize what John did? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just, you know, a little more modulated in tone and... Yeah, same garbage. Okay, once we repent, God is so faithful. He redeems us. He redeems us. It means our sins are forgiven. And you look, can look at these scriptures, but this is really important because one of the things that happens with believers is they don't, they don't understand that God has forgiven them because they think they've been so bad and they condemn themselves, which in fact is a sin to condemn yourself. Psalm 103, he has not treated us according to our sins or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removed our transgressions from us. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. He didn't die for the righteous. He died for us who messed up. You know, and, and Luke 1, 68, blessed be Adonai, God of Israel, for he has looked after his people and brought them redemption. So, once we realize we're forgiven, the next step, excuse me, is to reconcile with God and to make sure we're reconciled with man. Now, this is a ministry, as far as I know from this kind of verbiage, it's the only ministry in, that is mentioned like this in Scripture. And, and it is that God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And, and it is so, so important that we cannot go a day, a week, uh, however long, and not be reconciled to not only God, but to our brethren. It's, it's critical. So if you look at these words as I read it, I, I mean, it, I hope it goes deep into your heart. And if you have relatives or friends who you're not speaking to for, for some for years, um, that needs to be changed yesterday. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now we get a, an explanation of what is this ministry about? That is, in Messiah, God was reconciling the world to himself, 
not counting their trespasses against them. Did you read that? Not counting their trespasses against them? That means that I can't count the, your trespasses against me, and vice versa. Because that's what God did. That's the ministry of reconciliation. And he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. Got to wonder how smart God is if he's giving us this ministry, right? We're therefore ambassadors for Messiah. As though God were making his appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I believe that for God to see us as his righteousness, we have to be reconciled to people. And that is a really difficult job. Ephesians 4.32, instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. But the importance here is not only to, to, to have this ministry, but to receive it. And so the next thing, number six, is receive. Because sometimes we think that it's for everybody else because they're better than we are and so on and so forth. And it's just not, because when we are close to God, when we're reconciled, we receive God's love and his mercy. Some of you might not have had loving parents, and so you don't know what it's like to receive the Father's love. But God wants to give you a whole new uh, just a paradigm shift from that experience to and and just allow the father to just love you with his words with with his what he does for you and and so um, Psalm 86, 5, for you, my Lord, are good and ready to forgive and full of mercy to all who call upon you. So just call upon him. Say, I want to receive it. And, and know that when that's happened, it's done. It's done. Therefore, let us draw near to the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help in time of need. Look, after you receive God's love, there's nothing left to do except to rejoice, right? And it says, rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4.4. 4. And Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice. We sang that in the processional, so, so cease, right? My soul will be joyful in, in my God. So we are to rejoice, the first Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray constantly, in everything give thanks. This is the will, God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. It can't be more clear than that. Number eight, if you're rejoicing, if you're happy, you're going to tell people, hey, I am so happy you don't know what God has done. Wait a minute, I just told you about 
the fact that I felt God healed me this morning, and I, even though it wasn't in my message, I had to tell you because it's making me happy. I feel good, and I feel that God has done this for me, and I am here to testify of his goodness. And that's what it means to remember the Lord, and, and, and the last two, remember and retell. Remember and retell. Once you remember, then you're going to tell. If you can't think of anything God has done for you, you will probably be pretty quiet. Isaiah 12:4. under remember the Lord. In that day you will say, give thanks to Adonai, proclaim his name, declare his works to the peoples, so they remember his exalted name. So the, the, you see, there's such a connection for all of these things. Each one connects into the other. So in your quiet time, you say, Lord, show me what I'm supposed to remember about you so that I can glorify you and so I can tell others. Deuteronomy 6.12, then watch yourself so that you do not forget Adonai who brought you out from the land of Egypt, from the house of slavery. So... What has God brought you out of? You know, remember that. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 through 25. If you can't remember anything, at least remember this. In the Lord's Supper, God says to take this Lord, the Lord's Supper and do this in memory of me, meaning to remember. And, and when we remember what the Lord has done through the Lord's Supper, we are grateful, we are rejoicing, we are ready to retell others. Number nine, retell about the Lord's love, Deuteronomy 6. And yes, we haven't done it, Chris, but we will do it next week, hopefully, via Hafta. We'll go back to the Via Hafta and, and make sure that, that those verses are in our spirit that, that um, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Lord Adonai, your God, uh, love Adonai, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words which I'm commanding you today are to be in your heart. You are to teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Bind them on a sign of your hand. Be, uh, they are to be frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That's where the mezuzah... Mezuzah or mezuzot, plural, comes from the, the, that piece that's on the doorway of Jewish homes and other homes. You don't have to be Jewish to have a mezuzah. But that's exactly where that comes from. But let me tell you, you can have mezuzahs on every doorway in your house, but if you're not showing love, you might as well take them all off. Is the mezuzah doesn't show love. You show love. And that's the doorpost of your heart every day, every moment. And so if you're going to retell about the love of God, people have to see you love not only God, but you love them. 
Psalm 96, 2 and 3, sing to Adonai, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. See, there it is, from day to day. Proclaim it. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among the peoples. Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who announces peace, shalom, who brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, proclaim the good news to every creature. So here we are in number 10. Now, what I'm saying to you is these nine things, if you do this in a quiet time during the day, during the morning, before you, your day is going to change. And the result of your day is you're going to be renewed, refreshed, regenerated, restored, um, our faith will be relevant. And uh, you can look at these scriptures. I'll just close with, uh, well, actually, they're all so good. Proverbs 3, <laughs> do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Adonai, turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. That's what we want, healing and refreshment. Second Corinthians, therefore, do not lose heart. Though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. And that's what a quiet uh, time does. It renews your, your, your inner man every day. And that's what we need in order to be effective in this world. Joel 2.25, I shall restore to you the years that the locust, the swarming locust, the canker worm, and the caterpillar have eaten my great army that i sent among you you sh will surely eat and be satisfied and praise the name of adonai your god who has dealt wondrously with you never again will my people be shamed so my heart for you is for you to try this uh now It'll, right, you're, if you're thinking, but this will take a half hour, an hour, and I'm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's not a microwave type of quiet time. Um, you know, this is, this is like you sit, you, you soak with the Lord, and, and you come out uh, refreshed. That's all I can say. In order to do this, you know, uh, if you're here and you've never accepted Yeshua in your heart. Yeshua is the way, the truth. He's, he's everything, and he leads us to the Father. He is interceding uh, for us. And so if you want to have the abundant life, you want to have that prayer life in the beginning of your day, you must know Yeshua as your Messiah. And the way to know Yeshua is just to ask him into your life. It's that simple. It's not complicated. You just have to mean it in your heart. And so when, you, know, you, you need to receive Yeshua into your heart now. And uh, so if that's you, whether you're on Facebook Live or here, pray to receive Yeshua. Lord, this is what you'd say. Lord, I am sorry for my sins. Yeshua, thank you for atoning for my sin. And I dedicate my life to you. 
those three things I believe said from the bottom of your heart, said with meaning, God welcomes you in to his kingdom and he says you are on an amazing journey. And to help you with that journey, if there's anybody who's done that here today, or if there's anybody who's done that on Facebook Live, we'd like to give you a special gift. Please speak to one of the leadership so we can give you a gift uh, from our Judaica. Uh, we'd love, and if you're on Facebook Live, just email us or call us on Tuesday, and we'll be happy to send that out to you, no charge. Let's close in prayer. Father, One of the greatest gifts you have given us is the fact that you allow us to, to worship you and to praise you and to have a relationship. How amazing it would be to have a relationship with the president of the United States or the king of a country and you are the king of all the countries. So the fact that you allow us to have this relationship morning after morning, I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that. And so, Lord, I thank you and praise you for the opportunity you give us morning to morning. I pray that each person here will take the opportunity and meet with you. You are a great and awesome God. And we love you in the name of Yeshua. Amen.